It's Zo Time. Welcome to the Zo Time Show presented by HoopsandBrews.com. I will be the, your host for the night, Daniel Belts, and I just want to give a huge shout out to all of you that like follow along and like listen to this podcast. It means a lot. It's very fun bringing you guys a weekly or every two week Lakers podcast. They're the team I love, and it's just fun talking Lakers basketball with all of you. For all of you that listen on the Nothing But Net station on Dash Radio, thank you for listening along. And for all those that have been following along on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts, thanks for sticking with us for the dog days of summer. I know it's been tough to kind of like come up with things to talk about since there's no basketball. It's been, what, five months now without the Lakers being on an actual court. So we basically survived the summer. There's only like less than 30 days until preseason starts we'll be able to see lebron james in the purple and gold we'll be able to see lonzo ball back on the court alongside kyle kuzma brandon ingram and all the others that joined this summer we get to continue watching the improvements of josh hart svi mo and bonga so man we made it and it's it was a very fun summer for a lakers fan we got the best player in the nba we were able to talk a lot of shit to the people that say we wouldn't have gotten who we got this summer. And man, it's it's time the Lakers get back to the playoffs. And what's, that's what's going to happen next season. So, whew. It's almost time, man. And just very quickly, if you haven't done so, go follow uh, Zotime Podcast on Twitter. As well as go follow that on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Follow Hoops and Brews as well on all of the same platforms. And please tell ESPN to stop stealing their ideas and their thoughts from Hoops and Brews. Um, this past weekend, if you guys followed along Hoops and Brews' uh, Twitter feed, you would have seen kind of the Clay Thompson versus Kawhi takes start to happen. And it happened the entire weekend. Fast forward to Monday, the first thing that we all woke up to was Stephen A. saying, hey, I'll take... Clay Thompson over Kawhi Leonard on the Lakers this uh, upcoming season. And, I mean, just wild. Like, Clay Thompson never gets any love on any of the major platforms on anything. And Hoops and Brews just comes up with this idea, and it's from TPJ, who is a Warriors fan, says, you know what? Give me Clay over Kawhi. And a lot of us thought it was a wild take, but, like, Next thing you know, ESPN's running with it. So it's just tell them to stop stealing from others and just come up with their own ideas because this isn't the first time I've noticed this or the people from Hoops and Bruce have noticed this. We've seen it happen a while. It's just today was the first day that you can actually say it happened because outside of two days in Clay Thompson's career, when the hell has a national TV given him more than like 20 minutes of like um like appreciation outside of game six versus the thunder and outside of the time he put up 60 points on like nine dribbles nobody talks about clay thompson then all of a sudden hoops and bruise does and then you see four or five segments about clay thompson and you're like whoa where the fuck did that come from and then you understand like where and like why and just tell them to stop stealing, and or if they want to, just pay Hoops and Brews for their ideas. They can come up with these topics for you. And it obviously works. 
because mainly during the summer, the networks just talk about the same thing over and over and over again until the point where you get tired of it to where you want to see a different discussion happen on the timeline, which Hoops and Brews provides you and ESPN steals from. So if they don't want to steal from someone, just get their ideas from them directly, pay them. That's it. Just pay the people from Hoops and Brews. Anyways, for a random week in September... We sure have a lot to talk about on this episode, and it's kind of like a closing chapter in the like past like Lakers teams. Like there is almost no one. There's no one left from the 2015 Los Angeles Lakers, and there's only two players now that are going to be on the 2016 Lakers roster, and that is Brandon Ingram and Ivica Zubac. So. That's what, two out of 15 players were here two years ago, which is just wild. But it also makes sense because we were terrible three years ago, so why keep the majority of those players from a terrible team if you want to get better? And man, the disaster that was the summer of 2016. The, God, 2016 was a terrible year. Like, that was the year Trump got elected. That was the year the Lakers signed... Luol Deng and Timofey Mozgov. Um, that was the year Peyton Manning retired, I believe, and the, my Broncos became a laughing stock at the quarterback position. Um, trying to think what else happened in the year of 2016, but man, the Lakers gave some horrible contracts to. I mean, I'm not gonna say they're not deserving players because Luol Deng and Timofey Mozgov have had a successful NBA career for the both of them, but man, the disaster that was the summer of 2016, when the Lakers spent money like a drunk at a casino, which is the perfect way to describe Jim Buss, has been corrected. Like, we do not have any of those lingering cap issues anymore. Lou Haldane has been bought out, waived, and stretched, and honestly, like, I, I'm surprised he wasn't traded because I thought the Lakers were going to want him to get fully off of their books, but the way they did it is wizardry at its finest, and they did the best they could without giving up anything. And I will talk more about this later on in the show, as well as just like summarizing the summer of 2016, because it could have been a lot worse, Laker fans. We could have been in hell. Like We could basically be the Charlotte Hornets right now without a positive future, without the best player in basketball, without cap space for next summer, without promising youth. Like, it could have gone one or two ways. Actually, it could have gone a lot of ways. But the amount of ways where it became positive was very slim. And it's nice to see that our front office was capable of getting out of disaster and blossoming it it into this beautiful-looking flower, which is the Lakers organization right now. Like, Every single thing just looks perfect. And man, for all those Laker fans that dissed Magic Johnson, that made fun of him for the whole HIV, especially like Anthony Irwin, who talked a lot of shit about Magic's ability to run the team when they traded D'Angelo Russell, can everyone just like apologize to Magic in the front office now? Because, I mean like a hundred percent apologize and just admit that you have shit for brains because... You guys were ruthless when Magic traded D'Lo. For a player that, what, we won 17 games when he was here? And like, 
I don't want to put it all on D'Angelo. Yes, we were trying to tank, but, like, the player didn't even win, like, 20-ish games for us. Why did we feel like this player was going to be our savior? When a guy who is a five-time Laker champion, who turned around the Dodgers as quick as he did, like, why did we just not trust his vision when he had the best basketball vision in the league when he played? Like, why was it, hey, let's hate on Magic and give D'Angelo, like, this pedestal that we put him on? Like, I just don't understand that line of thinking, and I just want everyone to 100% apologize. Just admit that you were wrong for doubting the great Magic Johnson, and just get on with it. Like, that's all we need to see, because when people have bad basketball takes, they never want to apologize or admit they're wrong. Like, they never want to say they were wrong at that time. They say, well, yeah, but. No, there is no buts. You were wrong. You were a hundred percent wrong. Compared to what we were then and what we are now is basically, um, if you know the Red Woman in Game of Thrones, what we look like now is what she has when she has her necklace on. What we look like with Mitch and Jim is what we look like when she took it off. And that is the best way to explain the two scenarios. So Magic Johnson was able to do that in like a year and a half. Imagine what he's going to be able to do in the upcoming years when he just has more time to work with this team. Like, it's going to be fantastic. So just please, like, apologize. Like, and I mean, like, you guys were ruthless. Like, you guys were going after, like, his health. Like, it was... That's what I don't like about, like, 10 to 14-year-old Laker fans. Like, they don't understand. There are just certain lines you don't cross. And, I mean, they crossed it, and they went... They went full blast on it, and it's just... When talking basketball, don't bring up shit that you're gonna regret, like, speaking on later in life because it's a bad look for everyone involved and just don't do it and again magic and plinka basically got this team out of cap space hell he kept all the players that had a positive impact on this team outside of larry nance and probably julius randall but paying both those players were going to be tricky with the vision that magic has so again let's trust his vision over hating on what he's trying to do because look at what he's got he signed one of the greatest basketball players of all time. He has a cap space to go get another one next summer with plenty of superstar free agents available next summer. And let's see, he's kept Lonzo on the team, positive impact, Kuzma, positive impact, Ingram, positive impact, and Hart, positive impact. Everyone else is kind of new. Uh, Rondo has a positive impact on his team in the playoffs. Um... JaVale actually looked like a capable big with the Warriors, but now that he signed with the Lakers, you guys are going back to clowning JaVale again, so I don't get it. Once people put on the purple and gold, they're all of a sudden a joke, and I just don't get it. And then who else we signed? Michael Beasley, who, I mean, played pretty well for the New York Knicks last year, so... And the best thing about the majority of those players that I just mentioned, uh, the young players are on their rookie contract still, very cheap. LeBron, we have him for three to four years. Great. And all those other players I mentioned are on one-year deals that are going to expire next summer. So we will have that cap space to go get another max free agent. So it's perfect. The Lakers 
know what they have right now and they know what they're working towards and they're going to put together this contending team this year that's only going to get better next year and like i just don't think we give enough credit to mitch jim and genie like or not i don't think we uh it's not i don't think we let's not put mitch jim and genie in together in a sentence because genie is obviously not in that um position but i don't I don't think Laker fans understand the situation that Mitch and Jim put us in. Like I I just don't think you guys fully like understand where we were 2 years ago. Like I thought this franchise would have been crippled to at least the summer of 2020. And that's the summer in which the deals for Luol Deng and Timothy Mozgov would have expired. And I don't know about you guys but six to seven or eight years of just terrible basketball in Los Angeles might have broken my spirits with being a Lakers fan. Um, throughout most of my life, the Lakers have been contending for championships. They've been pretty damn good. And I don't know, eight years of them being shit, it would have been hard to continue to support them, but Magic and Palinka and Genie said, no, we're not going to be shit until 2020. They cut that time in half. Maybe even more than half, because they just they basically turned it around in like a season, which is absolutely insane. And honestly, there was very it, it looked tough to get rid of those contracts because all you see from all these other teams is they're either paying really good players now or they're going to give one year deals to vets to keep their cap space kind of open because they want to sign free agents in the future because a lot of teams learned from the disaster that many teams went through in 2016 like people just got money and like spent it right away didn't think about like the consequences of that summer and I mean it shows you look at the Lakers and what they did you look at the Blazers and what they did you look at Chandler Parsons contract you look at uh, Nicholas Batum's contract. You look at Bismack Biombo's contract. There are like so many terrible contracts from that season. Like it's just like even Jordan Clarkson's is kind of terrible for the player that he is and the production he get. Like there's just that summer was wild. Like it's like when you I'll equate it to like basically the first time you're able to drink. You overdo it and you get blackout drunk. That is how you describe every single GM during the summer of 2016. They got their money and they just blacked out. They woke up the next morning and said, how the fuck did I spend it? And so, for all the Marvel movie fans out there that saw Infinity Wars, you know how Doctor Strange did that thing in that movie where he saw millions of scenarios and there was only one way to win? What Magic and Plinka did is basically that thing like they looked at every single scenario they realized there wasn't that many options on what they can do like to get better and to get the lakers in a more like stable scenario as of like the present and they knew that they're gonna have to make some sacrifices in order to do it like when dr strange told tony this is was this was the only way when magic and Polinka traded delo when Magic and Palinka traded Nance and Clarkson, they cut their losses on two players that were Los Angeles Lakers for at least one or two years, and they just said, hey, we got to cut our losses to get to where we need to go. 
We need a salary dump, D'Lo with Mozgov. We got to fool the Cavs into thinking Jordan Clarkson was going to be this great addition for their team while Larry Nance probably was. And somehow we got to pick back for that in return. Like, I still don't know how that trade went down. And there was a lot of people, national basketball media, that said, oh my God, I think the Lakers just helped LeBron stay in Cleveland with that trade. And, like, it's just funny when people say shit like that. And just, like, it's, it is what it is. But, man, like, this was the only scenario in which I believe it could have happened. The, like and the situa and the scenarios needed to be perfect. The Nets had money to blow because they missed on free agency and they don't have their draft pick, so they're gonna take whatever they can to have some youth talent. That's D'Angelo. So we traded them Timofey and Delo for Brooke Lopez and twenty seventh pick. Brooke Lopez was on an expiring, the Nets realized he was no longer in their best interest for their future. And hey, it worked out exactly how Magic and Plinka and Genie visioned it. And, like, I can talk about this, like, front office and what they've done in the summer of 2016 for a while because, like, we just don't know how bad it could have been. And I'm just so happy that it just worked out to this amazing thing. Like, I, I cannot believe we are in the situation we are in. Not only did we reach the light at the end of the tunnel, we reached it way sooner than I expected. And the destination was way better than what you thought it was going to be. It's like when you're a kid and you get in the car with your parents. They tell you, uh, hey, we're going to go on a trip. We're not going to tell you where we're going or how long the car ride's going to be. And you're like, all right, cool. You're like five or six years old, so you take a nap. You wake up, you're at Disneyland. And it's fucking lit. Like, you're like, oh shit, I'm at Disneyland. And you, like, you can't understand that happiness, and, like, unless you've done that as a kid, where you have no idea what's gonna go on. You wake up from a nap and you see Mickey. Like, it's dope. And that's what, and that's like, that's what Magic and Palinka did, man. Like, I cannot believe it happened as quick as it did. We got LeBron fucking James after being in cap space, like, Magic and Plinka turned Luol Deng and Timothy Mozgov into, like, LeBron James, Kyle Kuzma, and Josh Hart. Like, it is, like, it's absolutely, like, insanity, like, what they are able to pull off. And, like, again, like, I'm just going to, like, this is going to be the Magic, Pol Magic Polinka and Genie just appreciation, like, podcast, like, this could have been so terrible. And magic is magic. You put that man in any scenario, and I will bet everything I have on him to be victorious. Let's look at his college life. Michigan State, champion. NBA, five titles. Even his health battle, he lived a lot longer than many expected. Like, rewatch all of the, like, 90s, uh, 30 for 30s on Magic Johnson. Rewatch the uh, Magic and Bird courtship of rivals and all this stuff and like people thought magic was going to die and like die instantly and not only did he not die he lived a lot longer than many expected he also got into NBA shape and played very well at the 92 Olympics after many players were afraid to play with him because of the whole blood thing which was proven to like be false but 
I mean, we're all idiots at times, so I'm not going to blame those players for thinking that way, but, I mean, you guys were wrong. And also, Magic took over the Dodgers, and even though they haven't won a championship, they are definitely better now than they were before he took over. Like, I've lived in California for the majority of my life. I don't remember the Dodgers being this good for this long. Like, growing up, they sucked. Like, from the age of, like, 6 to 18, the Dodgers were terrible. Like, they never got to the World Series. They never even got to, like, the game or the series before. Like, they were fucking terrible. Magic comes in. Boom. They get the star players. They have Kershaw. They trade for others. Like, it just, there's something about Magic to where... Once he takes over, the level of excellence that that franchise wants just increases. And it's beautiful because as a Laker fan, like we see championships in the near future and we see it for a long time. As long as Magic, Genie, and Palinka stick together. And like there is no doubt in my mind that we will win a ring with those three as at the head of the table. Like, they are the three-headed monster. Like, they each bring something that the other doesn't have, and they work very well together. Magic Johnson has that charisma. Polinka has, like, that business savvy. He was a former agent. He knows what it's like to work with players. Magic was a player. He knows how to charm people. He knows, like, the ins and outs of the, the actual basketball game. Polinka knows the business side, family side. Like, you... If you follow along with Kobe and his interview with uh, Rich Eisen, um, as a sport agent, I didn't realize the amount of work they put in to, with, like, the family side. Like, Kobe said when he was away, Palenka would go trick-or-treating with Kobe's kids. Like, that's dope. Like, as a sports agent, Palenka understands appealing to the player's personal life while Magic appeals to their NBA life. And Jeannie Buss does both like genie bus is probably like the like my favorite owner of any team in any sport she's dope as hell like she's funny um she's gonna be working in i think movie production with uh jason momoa uh who's cal drogo from uh game of thrones and he's an aquaman and it's just dude genie's dope and if you have all three of those, where Jeannie connects with the player's personal side, business side, entertainment side, she's the spinning image of her father. And if we have those three, like, we're not going to fail. Like, we are going to be champions in the very, very, very neat near future. And it's just cool to have, like, that big three. Watching them work well with each other. And they also get along very well with Luke Walton. Jeannie Buss does, like, again, she puts her neck out for Luke Walton all the time. She says all these, like, encouraging things about Luke Walton as a coach. Because for whatever reason, when LeBron comes to a team, they think the head coach is getting fired. And Jeannie Buss has been very supportive of Luke Walton. So it's like, I'm telling you, Jeannie knows exactly which buttons to push. And it's just dope, like. I cannot believe that after going through Mitch and Jim, and it's basically just Jim Buss who was terrible, and he kind of like put this whole stain on the organization. Just going through those five to six years after Kobe tore his Achilles, like I, I wasn't used to the Lakers having bad management. Like we had 
doc, the late great Dr. Jerry Buss, and like us Laker fans were spoiled. Like we had him, we had Pat Riley, and then we had Mitch Kupchak, who was very good at his job until the Jim Buss experience. And again, so like we were accustomed to people that are very talented at their job doing whatever it takes to get the Lakers at the finals appearances, which they normally get, and championship winning teams, which they normally do. So it's just, like, I, okay, so for my soccer watching followers, what I think of Magic, Genie, and Plinka is what I thought Neymar, Messi, and Suarez were going to do for a long time. When those three got together, they, they dominated. Suarez was a striker, the finisher. Neymar was the um, beautiful attacking wing who had all these like skills and tricks. And Messi had like the combination of both. And I thought they were going to dominate for a long time, a long time, and they did for their short span of being teammates. And that's just how I equate what Magic, Palinka, and Genie are doing. It's like it's like watching. Neymar go on a run for the left side, cross it on to Messi, who can either take the shot or he can set up Suarez for an easy tap in. Like, that's how well these three work together, and that's how well those three work together. So it's just beautiful, man. And as a lifelong Lakers fan, I've been here since we used to believe Mitch had that magic wand. And when the front office works very well together, it normally trickles down after that. And it's only a matter of time before we see the results. Honestly, if you want to use an example, use the Warriors. Um, and their light years front office like people. They they came into a situation where... I don't know if they were sure on what to do with Steph because of his ankle injury. And like they figured that out right away. And then figured out their cap. Figured out their players. They drafted well. They signed perfect pieces for their team and you hear nothing shady nothing wrong the Warriors always seem to push the right button with who to get in free agency so that's the mold and I believe the Lakers are copying that mold and making it work as well so just like the random Lakers stat of the day to start us off and get us into this next topic Lakers paid Luol Deng and Timothy Mozgov a combined $136 million. And it's, that's all guaranteed. So they got $136 million guaranteed money combined. Timothy Mozgov only played 54 games for us, and Deng played 57. So combined that, they played a total of 111 games in LA while getting $136 million guaranteed by us. So together, they would have received more than a million dollars per game if they would have finished out their entire career in L.A. while only playing those amount of games. And I believe they they should go in the Ski Mask Hall of Fame for getting those contracts from L.A. Like, that is just insanity that they were able to get that. It's insanity that we paid them that. And also, it's insanity that it's guaranteed money. The NBA is the best league for... In, in basically the United States for guaranteed money, basically. Outside of baseball, but like I haven't seen the average Joe get the same amount of money that average Joes get in the NBA. Like 
Chandler Parsons got four years, 96. I haven't seen a baseball player get that kind of money that's as average as Chandler Parsons. So I believe the NBA is the best league because, say, sometimes we fuck around and pay you way more than what you're worth, but it's guaranteed regardless of what happens, and you're going to get your money that you sign to. It's not going to be some shady shit like they do in the NFL, so again, the NBA is the best league. And kind of this topic of Luol Deng and Timothy Mozgov and Polinka, Magic and Genie, Jim and Mitch, is going to just transition to, like, our first topic, and it's just basically going to be reminiscing on that summer, the implications of that summer, what could have happened, what we could have been stuck with, how well we did with getting what we did, and maybe how our future might have changed if we didn't give Dang and Mozgov that cash. So, topic number one. What in the actual hell did happen in 2016? So, for those that forget, the summer of 2016 was the first year of Lakers basketball without Kobe Bryant. He had retired after putting up 60 on the Utah Jazz. Um, and for those that forget, he also signed a very expensive contract in like 2013 after the Achilles injury that many said crippled our franchise. But, I mean, again, we weren't really going anywhere. Dwight didn't want to stay. LaMarcus did not want to come over. Uh, Powell left. So we really had nothing. So might as well take care of a player that won you five championships. And so his deal was expiring. We had finally gotten some cap space. We were going into the summer of 2016 with cap space. We weren't really rumored to get anyone big, but we weren't rumored to do anything stupid with our money, which is what we did. And we also had Julius Randle, Jordan Clarkson, D'Angelo Russell, and Larry Nance as our young guys. Like, those were the players of our young core. We thought they were going to be huge pieces for many years to come. And we obviously tanked that 2015-16 season to get the number two pick, which turned into Brandon Ingram. Yes, there were some lottery shenanigans that we had to like just look out for in case like we didn't want to lose that pick because it was going to be very valuable, and we did tank that whole season to get. And so after we drafted Brandon Ingram, like, our future looked bright. Like, we had Randall Clarkson, or I wouldn't say Clarkson because we had to resign him, but we had Randall, Russell, and Nance, and then we selected Brandon Ingram. So, like, it looked like we were going to have a pretty promising, like, summer, like, with who we get. And then July 1st hits, and for us West Coasters, it was June 30th at 9 p.m. And I believe, honestly, within the first minute, of free agency hitting on the West Coast, we get the notification that the Lakers signed Timofey Mozgov. I legit thought it was a joke. And I believe many other Laker fans thought it was a joke because we always see those fake Woj tweets that come out during free agency saying, hey, this player signed with a random team for this amount of money, and we all laugh at it. And we get, like, um, tricked by it because some people will start retweeting it thinking it's actual news when it's just, like, fake news. But no, man, like, that was actual reality. Like, we signed Timothy Mozgov to four years. Like, like, oh, it was just terrible. No way in hell did I think the Lakers were that dumb. Because, like, before, outside of giving Kobe Bryant, like, a 
thank you contract. We didn't really do anything dumb. Like, we tried to trade for CP3. It got vetoed. So we did the next best thing, which we thought was the best, and traded for Steve Nash, who showed no sign of injury in Phoenix. Um, we traded for Dwight Howard, who we didn't know his back was going to be that broken that season. Or just like the effects of that back surgery was going to have on him. And I mean, we tried, we tried to hit home runs. That's Steve Nash, that's Dwight Howard. We tried going after LaMarcus. So like, these are actually perennial all-stars that have a very huge impact on the game. So it's like, when we do make moves, even if they turn out wrong, at least like you can like somehow explain why we did it. Like you can explain Steve Nash, you can explain Dwight, you can explain going after Lamarcus. You can't explain Timothy Mozgov. But guess what? Us Laker fans tried to. We tried to talk ourselves into being okay with Timothy Mozgov. He played well in the finals with Cleveland. He had that insane game with the Denver Nuggets like a couple years back and we needed a center we needed a vet we needed someone after the Dwight Howard and after the Roy Hibbert experience and yes for the Lakers that don't remember remember for the Lakers fans that don't remember Roy Hibbert was a Los Angeles Lakers I believe he got punked in a preseason basketball game in Hawaii and that honestly might be the only thing I remember remember about the Roy Hibbert experience. So if you weren't a Laker fan during the Roy Hibbert days, to quote the guys at Hoops and Brews, don't talk to me. Like if you don't remember the guy who blocked, I believe it was LeBron James, or no, he blocked Melo in the Eastern Conference Finals, and then like dude was like one of the best defensive players of in the game in Indianapolis and then he came over to LA so if you do not remember Roy Hibbert the Roy Hibbert days and who he was don't talk to me like I only like the Laker fans that stayed for all of you coming back we're gonna look at you differently we're going to judge you because like why would you jump ship from the Lakers it does not make sense especially to those that jump ship to the Warriors and are also talking shit about the Lakers like Yo, you used to be one of us. You just went to the next shiny thing or staying with the shiny thing while talking shit about your old shiny... It's just weird, man. The whole bandwagon fandom is just weird. I don't get it. And I'm starting to understand, like, at least the player fans that follow a player because... I mean, how could you explain what the Raiders just did to a level-headed fan? They just traded away Coolio Mack for two 18-year-olds that haven't played it down in the NFL, which is, like, two future draft picks. And they also traded away a second-round pick to the Bears. Like, I just... So I understand player fans, because sometimes, dude, front offices are f fucking idiots. And so I, I get the fans that follow great players because of the incompetence of the Raiders, of the incompetence of Dan Gilbert and the Cavs, who didn't give LeBron help like his first eight years in Cleveland. And then finally when he says, hey, I'll come back, they got him some help. So it's just like I, I'm starting to understand the player fans that follow. But if you want to have this bravado as a team fan and you jump ship at the first sight of things going bad because 
I mean, for Raider fans, they've stayed. They stayed for a while. So now I understand if they want to jump ship because it's been shitty idea, shitty idea, shitty idea in Oakland. But for LA, dude, we've won. We've won since you were born. We've won championships since you've been alive. So that's where we make fun of the people that are the bandwagon fans. And so, like, when we had Roy Hibbert, a lot of us Laker fans, that's, that's what diehard fans do. That's what Laker fans are known for, and that's what Cowboy fans are known for. They will try to make a shit look like a rose. And that's, like, the beauty of loyal fans. Like, sometimes we let our heart win over our mind, and we start speaking on that, but, hey... I'm not saying Laker fans or Cowboy fans because the Lakers have a little... I wouldn't even say a little bit. They have a lot more of a loyal fan base. They have a lot more of a smarter fan base. And they just have a better overall f franchise. Because the Lakers have at least won something since Clinton was in office. So we're allowed to talk a little bit more shit. Even though we haven't made the playoffs in five years. I don't understand the Cowboy fans that talk a lot of shit when the last championship they won was during the Bill Clinton days. So let's leave it at that. And so again, let's just get back into the 2016 free agency like mindset. Kevin Durant was a free agent. Hassan Whiteside, who was actually good at basketball in the summer of 2016, was a free agent. Bradley Beal, who was a promising shooting guard, was a free agent. DeMar DeRozan, who was from Compton, was a free agent. Nicholas Batum, who always seemed to be like a good small forward on a winning team was a free agent who also didn't go through the amount of minutes that Luol Deng went through was a free agent Andre Drummond who looked like a very promising center at the time was a free agent Al Horford who is a Hall of Famer was a free agent Chandler Parsons was a free agent Eric Gordon was a free agent and Pau two-time champion with the Lakers Gasol was a free agent so like there was a ton of talent in that summer class and like, people were eagle, eager to spend money. Uh, and the cap went up like crazy due to the NBA TV deal. And so, in our minds, we're like, all right, we just signed Mozgov. Maybe we have enough to sign someone worthy. And then we just say, fuck it. Here you go, Luol Deng. Here's four years. Here's 72 mil. That's it for free agency. We gave both veterans who... I mean, I. if Mitch and Jim thought they were going to be part of our future, that just makes me think of them even less. But I swear, like, they knew they weren't going to be a part of our future, but we still gave them four years, which is very stupid now and was very dumb at the time. You give vets one-year deals worth a lot of money to join and mentor. You never give four-year deals to vets. Like, that's just preposterous, unless they're on the men deal, like, one, two, three million dollars, fine. Anything north of ten, no thank you. But what did us Laker fans do? We tried to make that shit look, look like gold again. We talked ourselves into saying, hey, we needed a mentor for uh, Brendan Ingram. They play the same position. Luol Deng has always been about keeping his head down, playing through whatever, playing through insane injuries in the playoffs he was a two-time all-star he played in the long playoff runs with the bulls played with the heat in the playoffs so we're like all right 
maybe it'll give time for Brendan Ingram to develop. We'll play Luol Deng, and no. It was just a disaster with both of those um, signings. So per year, after we decided to be idiots and sign those two guys, they were making a combined $34 million per year. What else did we do that year? We signed Jordan Clarks into a four-year, like, 50-year deal. So those three players basically took up half of the cap for the Los Angeles Lakers. And when those three players are making up half the cap, your team sucks. So 2016 was a wild-ass summer. Like, we were just throwing out money like hotcakes and just not not having a single care in the world. Because many teams thought the cap space was going to just keep increasing year by year by a lot. So that these deals wouldn't look that bad in the summer of 2017. Players would get insane contracts like the summer of 2016. And so on and so on and so on. Like, they thought it was just going to keep happening when they realized the summer of 2016 might be documented as one of the worst times to like sign players because 90% of the contracts that were signed that summer were terrible for each franchise outside of Kevin Durant and maybe Bradley Beal the rest fucking sucked and I can't wait for like there to be a 30 for 30 on the summer of 2016 NBA free agency signing because that needs to happen like that was one of the wildest summers that I can remember and then you so you fast forward to the start of the season and after watching Mozgov and Dang play, many Laker fans realized, oh shit, we're in hell. We have no end in sight. We're going to be terrible. We won like 17 games the year before. And like we weren't going to make the playoffs for a while. And it's not fun, especially when you are rebuilding with young players. Like The Blazers are in salary cap hell, but at least they have Damian and CJ to get them to the playoffs to lose in the first round. Like At least... They are above 500. At least they have playoff basketball. We were a lottery tanking team that invested way too much money and years into players that we knew weren't going to be around for our future. So it's like Mitch and Jim put us in a lose-lose situation, and I just don't understand why. I don't understand the thinking. Okay, If you sign one of them to four years, okay. But two, like I just don't understand why they did both. And... I mean, those two contracts led to the firings of Mitch and Jim, which was very messy because Jim is a part of the Bus family. There was a lot of like mean things said between the siblings. But I swear, once Jeannie took over, like the sky looked a little bit different. Like the clouds opened up a bit. There was a bit of sun. Like we felt positive. You had that same feeling when. Um, Rudy T left when that what was the other name of that coach but like when Phil came back you kind of had that like positivity so when Jeannie took over you had that same positivity and I mean the rest is history we've had a very successful front office for the past year and a half like every move they've made has basically been an A plus you look at the D'Angelo Russell and Timothy Mozgov trade so he traded D'Lo who has loads of talent but just can't put it together like and i don't think he ever will hope he does for his sake but not for his fans sake because they're childish as well and we traded the contract of timothy mozgov for a 27th what pick was it yeah it was a 27th pick and raw or brooke lopez 
A plus trade. Um, Magic and Palinka selected Lonzo Ball with the second pick of the draft. Perfect selection. Um, we had the 28th pick from the Rockets within the Lou Will trade. I can't remember if that was Magic, but I'm wouldn't be surprised if it was Magic and Rob who pulled that off when we traded Lou Will to the Rockets for a first rounder because Lou was obviously a playoff player and could help a team, so we traded him away because we were obviously eliminated from the playoffs at that point. And we traded that Rockets pick back to 30th and like 34th to get um, Josh Hart Josh Hart and Thomas Bryant. So we took Kuz, Lonzo, and Hart, the first draft of Magic Palenka. Those three players will be Lakers for a long time. Fast forward to after that, we trade Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance for a first rounder, which turned into Mo Wagner. We also drafted Zvi and Bonga. We also signed LeBron James this summer. We also signed Rondo and the rest of the Suicide Squad this summer to one-year contracts, which they're able to realize isn't, which is the right way to sign vets instead of giving them four-year deals. So it's like Magic, Palinka, and Genie have just been masterminds with every move they make, and they always seem to be on the same page. They never seem to do something that the other wouldn't approve of, and I don't know if Magic knew he was getting LeBron in 2018. Like I, I don't know if he knew it when he took the job, if he knew it this summer when he was saying, hey, if I don't get someone, I'll quit. But the way they moved, the way they handled themselves, the way they like just went about their business with signing KCP, who was a um, Clutch Sports client, like, the way they just moved just looked better than all the other free agents or the other front offices. We don't have the Sixers disaster front office after firing um, the guy that drafted very well for him. Like, I still don't understand why the Sixers got rid of Sam Henke, like, and I'll never know. Then they also got rid of the Colangelos who took over after. Like, the Lakers have a very smart, cohesive, just great front office people, and... I mean, the results speak for themselves. Every player I just listed that the Lakers have taken or signed since Mitch, since Mitch and Jim were fired has made sense for the Lakers. They've all played a key role with getting them back to where we are now. We got to 30-plus wins for the first time in five years. We signed the best player in basketball. We have cheap contracts for our young guys. And I think a lot of us Laker fans take for granted the position we are in now and don't realize how dark it could have been. There is a alternate reality where Timothy Mozgov and Luol Deng are still on this team. They are entering their third year as a Los Angeles Laker, probably getting minutes. Um, and who knows, maybe... I don't know, man. Like It could have been dark. Maybe Byron Scott would still be here. Like It could have been dark. Like That whole... That whole time was just dark, man. And I'm just so thankful for us being at the end of the tunnel. Like, it's... like Sometimes when you know you're going to receive a great thing, it's wise to look upon the past and reflect. So you can see the good, the bad, and just, like, reflect on it and learn things from it and 
I believe a lot of us Laker fans would learn a lot about how the NBA is ran, which ways to be successful, which ways to fail, what to do, what not to do, and all that other stuff. Just looking at the like blueprint since 2016 and the years before. And also, shout out Luol Deng. Like, I know I'm talking very positively about you getting bought out, but like, thank you for agreeing to the buyout. Thank you for letting us waive and stretch your contract. Thank you for giving us $7 million back. And thanks for not being Joe Kim Noah, who like, made a lot of noise about being unhappy in New York. While this wasn't the situation you wanted to be in, Luol, you handled, like, handled it like a pro. You didn't let your unlike happiness rumors get into the public. You kept it personal. And now we're fi- finding out that you had no plan to be a member of the Los Angeles Lakers in the year 2018. Like you cleared out your locker room before like the young players uh, worked out over the summer or LeBron worked out over the summer. Like it's been empty like this entire summer, like your locker. Just thanks for moving in silence and not causing this huge distraction. And also, the Lakers are very smart to wait until September 1st to buy out and stretch his contract because it saves us two years, basically. If we would have done it before September 1st, we would have been paying Dang for the next five years at $7 million a year instead of three years after this year at five. Which is, if you're only getting giving Wu Dang $5 million a year, it's, it's only like less than 5% of the cap. So, like, we're going to be fine, like, we came out of this position very unscathed. We came out of the Steve Nash trade very unscathed to where we only gave up, what, the 10th pick this year? When it was going to be like three first rounders and we just kept fucking getting lucky with a lottery. Like, it could have been so dark, man. Like, whew. Like, that's what I say. Like, we take for granted. Like, we rolled the dice the past six or seven years and just got lucky while the sh- going through the shit that we went through. And also, very surprised we didn't trade Luol Deng because I thought the Lakers are going to want his contract off the entire books, but if you're only paying him 5 mil for three years after the 2018-19 season, that is perfectly, that's a cost we're very willing to pay. We don't lose any of our assets, we don't lose any of our draft picks, We don't lose any of the young core to get rid of them like we did with D'Lo and Mozgov. So, like, shit, man. Like, again, this is just perfect. Like, our front office is perfect. And they remind me of, if you watch Game of Thrones, they remind me of the Starks. They're, They're wise, they're brave, fearless, compassionate. And they know they have all these enemies coming after them. But yet... They are very wise about it. They're like the they're like the Starks in like season seven, not Ned Stark in season one, who was too trustworthy. I believe they know the ins and outs of the games now. They know the snake moves that people are gonna try to use against them, and they just come out victorious, and it's it's beautiful to see. And since we have thirty eight million dollars in cap space next summer, guess what? That means we have a free. We have the max free agents max free agency spot for the summer of 2019. Guess who is a free agent in the summer of 2019? Hello, Clay Thompson. Come play for the team that your dad played for. Hello, Kawhi. Come home and let's hope that thigh is healed. Yo, KD. 
If you join us, we will help you beat Steph Curry and tie him in rings. Jimmy Butler, you don't deserve what Carl Anthony Towns and Wiggins like do for you. Like you deserve a lot more. You deserve LeBron James. You don't deserve those two flawed players who cat can't play defense and Wiggins basically can't play offense. So Jimmy, Katie, Kawhi, Clay, one out of the four of you, come join LeBron. Let's take down the Warriors. And let's get a ring. Let's get the Lakers to number 17. Let's tie the Celtics. And again, we are at an amazing place right now with the Lakers team. Great young players. The greatest player in the NBA. And then we also have some solid vets. We're also going to have cap space availability next season. And we also have our pick. So I'm going to say it right now. The Los Angeles Lakers are winning the 2020 NBA Finals. And that about wraps up like our main topic of the day. Let me just get into like a small topic before we wrap it up here and that's Lonzo Ball is back on the court this is the Zotime podcast you know who my favorite player is my favorite player on this team is Lonzo Ball been following him since Chino Hills and he's back on the court his buddy Demo has been posting like little IG snippets of Lonzo working out in the gym and first off glad to see Lonzo back on the court secondly that knee looks like it's getting better he's actually moving he's like shooting and not just like shooting on the floor he's like able to jump with it and again laker fans i'm not a shot doctor but that shot does look different we need laker film room to do a piece on it when he gets better footage because some of the camera angles have been very like bad but the shot looks more fluid and i know this is a this is a low bar for me to set but like for a lot of us that watched a lot of the videos from last year there wasn't a lot of um videos of Lonzo making a lot of shots in a row. From what Demo has posted and from what others have shown as well, like Lonzo's making shots consistently in the gym, which like I know it's a low bar, but like we didn't see a lot of that last year and we've seen at least three videos of this summer that he's making them and he's working on what we all wanted him to work on. So I'm excited for him. I think he's going to have one hell of a season. I think he's going to be the best player from his 2017 draft class. I think he and LeBron James were a match made in heaven together to play on a basketball court. I just think their games work so well with each other. And regarding that shot, he dips the ball a little bit too low, but he brings it up quick. His whole entire shot release shot motion looks more fluid. It looks quicker, and you can tell he's working on his game like with his shooting ability. He's also working on that pull-up jumper, and if you can think back to that Detroit Pistons game, if we get that Lonzo Ball consistently, look out. You can call it the LeBron effect because all of the young players look like they've been living in the gym. If you look at Kyle Kuzma, he's hung out with LeBron James, Magic Johnson, and Kobe Bryant this summer. He's hung out with three of the GOATs. Our players are going to have just this insane... Just like enhancement because they are playing with LeBron James. Their team is ran by Magic Johnson. And Uncle Kobe can always call him and say, hey, let's work out. So like our organization offers what very like no other organization can offer you the greats, the goats that this Laker fr- or this Laker franchise can. 
And boy, am I so excited for September 30th to roll, to roll around, which is the first preseason NBA game for the Los Angeles Lakers of the 2018-19 season. And make sure you guys all go follow along at Zotime Podcast on Twitter throughout the week. Talk basketball with me. Talk whatever you want. I've been your host, Daniel Belts. We have less than a month away till preseason. And until the next time we speak, go Lakers. <laughs>